Hello, thank you for joining us on Talk Chef, the podcast where we talk about Top Chef. I am your host, John Drake. You may know me as Top Scallop. You may also know me as Young Crudo. And I am joined, as always, Nashes to Nashes, crust to crust. <laughs> Nash Flynn, how are you, Nash? Oh, man, I love these. Nashes to Nashes makes me super happy as a person who's like into death. I know. Yeah. If you guys don't know, Nash has a podcast coming out soon. That's all about death called Death and Friends. Yeah. May 27th. May 27th. We got a release date two weeks away. So that one is definitely in her wheelhouse. How are you doing this week, Nash? I'm I'm good. How are you? All right. I got my second shot finally. Oh, Uh, hell yeah. Yeah. On Monday. So I had one day of being real sleepy and fatigued and feeling like crap. But then the next morning I felt, you know, I could bench press a car and I'm ready to go. (laughs) Well, that happens. Yeah. It was just like, you know, I slept for like 17 hours on Tuesday. So by the time Wednesday, I'm exaggerating. I did not sleep for 17 hours, but I was like in bed for 17 hours <laughs> watching movies and playing on my phone or whatever. Yeah. Nice. What about you? How, how you been? I mean, I got my shot about a month ago now. So I've been, I've been at 5G, but I'm, I'm a sick person. So it decimated my entire system for three days. Right. Yeah. I do remember you were pretty, I was pretty sick, <laughs> pretty down in the dumps, but yeah. that's all behind you now. Yes, I have great cell phone service now. Awesome. It's perfect. So, you know what the people want to know. I do. We do it every week. What have you got for us? Nash's Protein of the Week. What are we talking about this week? You guys, I had ribs. Ribs. Pork ribs? Ribs. Beef ribs? Pork ribs, yeah. My favorite. Oh, I love pork ribs so much. What'd you do with them? We did a dry rub, and then at the last five minutes, we slathered them in like a homemade barbecue sauce. Nice, nice. Yeah. It was, to be honest, I don't know that I loved the meat so much. I was kind of like, oh, this is, it tastes fine. You know what I mean? It's good. But I think the experience of just like getting disgustingly covered in meat sauce is just, it's unbeatable. Eating ribs is probably like the most yeah. visceral culinary experience you can have. It's its as close to you as you can get to feeling like a caveman. You're literally eating the bones of another animal. So yeah. it's pretty gnarly. Pretty cool. I got a smoker when we moved into our new house because that was like something I always wanted and Ribs are probably my favorite thing to make on it. You just let them go for four hours and then, yeah, wrap them up in the tail. Oh, it's so good. I'm making them in a couple weeks. I can't wait. I'll take pictures for you. I mean, you'll be fully vaccinated, so I'll just be in your driveway. Yeah, you want to come to my house for ribs? Yeah, yeah, I do. Come on down. I definitely do. So ribs get a Nash thumbs up. They go in the positive category. I mean, they're definitely one of those things where you can only eat when you're in the mood for, like, murder. I definitely wouldn't recommend them for just every day. But I, I did like them. They were good. All right. Well... I have to say that so far, it seems like you just dislike fish. I feel like everything has been in the positive category yeah. except for the fishes. Yeah, that's true. I actually also had had my Nana's meatballs for the first time in 15 years. And it doesn't really count because I've eaten ground beef and talked about it on the show before. But boy, those are good. Now, Very Nana's, pro meatballs. Nana's meatballs are just por- are beef only or are they a mixture of meats? Uh, I believe they are beef only. To be honest, I didn't inquire. Yeah, they're they're really good. All right. Yeah, love a good meatball. My my grandma always did pork, beef, and veal, but I don't I don't use the veal when I make mine because huh. it, it's expensive and also veal's kind of kind of gross. It's sad, yeah. Yeah, it's not the most humane. It's a sad meat. <laughs> it is, and I don't feel like the the juice is worth the squeeze necessarily. You know, you know what went into making it, and then is it that delicious to really justify it? I don't think so. So yeah, I avoid the veal, but nothing like a good meatball. I'm a meatball, you know. I had meatball. I had turkey meatballs for dinner because you know trying to eat a little healthier. I made some pasta, just like a quick thing. Oh, I also had lamb this week. Jeez, you're really going to town. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's the only thing I can eat right now. I became, I was a vegetarian for 15 years and then I became an obligate carnivore. So, but I I don't really, it wasn't like a full on lamb experience. It was a, it was a kebab. So it was like seasoned and sort of just in other things. So I will eat lamb for real as like a different fruit. Like a lamb chop or leg of lamb. Yeah. Those are great. But lamb kebabs, delicious, great drunk food. So good. One of the best drunk foods to help you, you know. Soak up the alcohol before you go yeah. to bed for the night. <laughs> Can't oh, recommend them highly enough. So, you ready to talk about some Top Chef? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Uh. What did you think about Padma's outfit this week in the quick fire? The bangs are back, baby. The bangs are back. And I honestly, like, I spent 20 minutes looking at them, and I cannot tell if they're fake. She also was dressed head to toe in all black with the bangs. Yeah. It was a very, it's not a phase mom outfit yeah. she had going on. little emo. But- I do think she was usurped in fashion by Gail later on in the episode. Oh, with the green blouse and like the high belt. The leather shorts. Yeah. Gail. She's going for it. I'm digging it. Me too. Always a Gail fan. But then we had kind of interesting quick fire. It was, you know, make a dish that you've fucked up in the past, basically, (laughs) is what they told them. Which Are we just going on the honor system here? Yeah. Yep. What if, you know, you just want to whip out your best dish and you're like, yeah, the first time I made this, I made it real bad. But, you know, like you'd be within the parameters of the competition there. So it's really, but a lot of people went to dishes that they fucked up on Top Chef. Right. And I think that's what they thought contestants were going to do, to be honest with you. I mean, they could have just put that in the rules, but then I guess there were a few people who hadn't really fucked anything up at that point. Right. You have some people that are bad a thousand so far. Some of those people lower their batting average later in the episode, but we'll get into that later. So what did you think of, oh, I mean, we've got to talk about who came back from Last Chance Kitchen. Jamie's back. Did you see that coming? I mean, we both kind of thought Gabriel would be the person coming back, but we both kind of hoped it wasn't the case. And I was very happy to see, I and all the other contestants were very happy to see Jamie. Yeah, as soon as I saw those teeny little chucks. <laughs> you don't you don't think Gabriel's a size like five in men's? <laughs> I was like, why would you show us this and pretend that it's a mystery? <laughs> right. Like the little tight black jeans and the, and the tiny chucks. I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is Gabe. It's not. It was just really heartwarming, though, to see them all kind of rallying around her. I think part of it was relief that it wasn't Gabriel. Part yeah. of it was happiness that it was Jamie. <laughs> not only because Gabriel is, you know, not everyone's favorite personality, but also because I think he was viewed as... A strong chef and one of the, the front runners. So I think people are happy to have him out of the competition. Plus, like, how many foraging stories can you really tell? It's true. And yeah, that's he, from me. Like, come Right. On. You're you're basically the pioneer woman, except, like, you actually are a pioneer woman. I and will fight you, Gabriel. Yeah. Don't, don't come for Nash when it comes to the foraging. She's got you beat. She doesn't even live in Portland, and she's more of a hipster than you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I'm too cool to live in Portland, I think, is the takeaway. Sure. We'll go with that. So any any particular takeaways from the quick fire you wanted to call out? Anything specific you had? Okay. So I actually have three moments that just made this episode for me. The elimination challenge was moving in a, in a way that I think was, was nice. But the quick fire was the episode for me. And I will tell you why in this thesis. <laughs> because first of all, Gabe asking Sarah permission to use yogurt and then calling her Captain Yogurt. Perfect. Beautiful. I have that in my notes as well. That's a great nickname. Captain Yogurt. Fantastic. <laughs> Shoda making a fish lip stew or something and then being like, you have to use the lips because they're full of collagen. So they just absorb all the flavor. That's a thing that sane people know and also are willing to eat fish lips for. No, I can barely eat the side of a fish, which you're supposed to eat. I can't imagine being like, "Mm, fish lip. Like I've had fish cheek before, but not like lips, you know, just like the meaty part of the cheek gets nice and crispy. It's got good like surface area. Is it true that lips in general, like across the board of anything 
are like that? Because it's specific to fish? I mean, if it has collagen in it, I guess it stands to reason that it would be true for anything with a lot of collagen, right? That it's going to absorb a lot of flavor. So we don't eat any other thing's lips that I know of. Like, Oh, yeah? You ever have a hot dog? You don't think there's <laughs> lips in there? There's kneecaps and lips and all that stuff. A hot dog story. Yeah, exactly. There is no part of the animal they're too proud to put into a hot dog. So you've definitely had the lips of something. I mean, that's that's one meat that won't be on my protein of a week is, is hot dogs. Also, when your roommate had all that smelt, she ate some fish lips, very small ones. Yeah, teeny ones. So Little small. Teeny lips, but they were but... horrified, so I think that counts. All right, fair. So, all right, so that's that's two moments. And the last one is Avishar. And the quote, I have to read the entire quote because it's beautiful. These cucumbers are a little bit older. They are a little bit more flaccid. Just poetry. Thank you. For his mashed cucumber salad, just getting a bowl of floppy old cucumbers. Mm, the visuals are not not very appetizing, but no. good old Avishar. Breaks my heart to talk about that later, but we're going to have to. And... I think Don's impersonation of Jamie was also adorable. Just to go back to Jamie coming back. I'm really happy Jamie's back. Me too. Me too. And I didn't really think I would be, but she adds like a little bit of this like little sunshiny vibrancy that I think is missing from the general group sometimes. Yeah, especially now with Abishar leaving, spoiler yeah. alert, because he's kind of the levity for the group when Jamie's right. not around. So if you lose them both, it's going to be like a very polite but kind of boring group of chefs. Yeah, agreed. you know. Sarah gets weird sometimes, but not often enough to really bring the whole vibe of the show up. She gets weird in the talking head. She doesn't weird out so much of the group. Right. Yeah, except when she's talking about her lucky fish. Her lucky yeah, yeah, which we haven't seen in many mm-hmm. weeks. I don't think they forgot about him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm inclined now to agree with you that it was just something she, sh- she saw. And she was like, you know, it'd be funny. If right. We pretended this was the thing. Maybe I'll get 30 seconds more TV time if I make up some <laughs> weird story about this lucky fish. But then Jose Andres, I just want him to be my dad. Mm. Isn't he just like the, the warmest man? I want a hug from him that lasts like maybe 45 years. Yeah, and you're not a hugger. You've told us. No, not at all. So this is a special exception yeah. to the rule. Mm-hmm. But also just doing good stuff, you know, helping out frontline workers, yeah. doing what he can for the people that are working through the pandemic. My wife works in hospitals, my wife Jamie. So it was a nice moment and a little heartwarming, touching stuff yeah. there. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this season of Top Chef has been very, very humanitarian in in a lot of ways. You know, it's it's been nice to get all these experiences and and remember where we all are as a people because I think watching the news is a super big bummer. Yeah, I think it was made in such a somber atmosphere that mm. we might be missing some of the fieriness from chefs that we usually get and a little yeah. of the overly competitive nature, but they're making up for it by giving us these kind of real altruistic challenges and, and kind of heartwarming stuff every week. So right. it is a trade-off, but it's one I'm, you know, I'm still enjoying the show a lot. It's just a different show, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would like one episode where it feels a little, like a little tense. Right. Especially with Gabriel gone now. I don't know where that conflict is going to come from, but I think the show is definitely missing a little bit of that. Even, you know, they, it's... The judging feels softer too. Like they're yeah. they're really not going after them, and I guess they're not making such egregious mistakes. But Tom's, oh, it's hard to you know say anything bad because you guys work so hard. But can you see season three Tom saying that? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> and I'm not saying we want season three Tom back, but just pepper that in once in a while, you know? Right. Give us a little like, bit of the old flair. The Tom that gave us Nick as a winner over over yeah. Nina. Yeah. Just not this guy. Well, they let Chris get away with not seasoning his food again. So. Yeah. This is a new unseasoned hat wearing Tom. He's living the Portland lifestyle. Maybe he's yeah. getting some of that medical weed. I don't know. Mm. He's more laid back. Or <laughs> recreational weed, I guess. 
could be recreational weed in, in Oregon, right? So, oh, yeah. for sure. Maybe that's why Tom's so chill lately. Love that for you, Tom. I don't did, even care if it's not true. I love it for you. Did you catch when they switched from like Padma talking to them in the kitchen to her voiceover and yes. they tried to make it seem seamless, but it really wasn't? They do that all the time. And I find it so bizarre because I do think it's incredibly obvious when they do it. It's incredibly obvious and distracting. Just make the whole thing a voiceover. Don't try to trick me. She, she was her... like literally mid-sentence. Right. It was. I wish I'd written down the actual phrase she used. But yeah, it was like a compound sentence. And like when they inserted the comma, yeah. she went from the kitchen to the studio. Just make her record the whole thing in the studio. Right. And just don't look at her on the camera. And then right. it's fine. So then we get into the elimination challenge, which we alluded to has a lot to do with frontline workers during the pandemic. They're going to be basically catering for three different Portland area hospitals. So their food has to contain a protein, a starch, and a vegetable. Is that yes. right? And the food has to be reheatable, has to transport well, because they're, they're bringing it in takeout containers. And some people really struggled with this idea. Shota was fucking lost from the get-go with this challenge. He could not think of anything to make. Yeah. And and what he did make was, oh boy. That was some of the ugliest looking food I've ever seen on Top Chef. It was just monochromatic. Just a gray chicken leg. And why do you braise or poach chicken with the skin on? It's just going to get flabby and gross. Just take, I, I know like skin's fat and that's flavor, but take the skin off if you're going to make it flabby and, you know, right. not have any crunch to it. That was a sad looking plate of food, man. And that's not what we expect from Shota. But he did have immunity, so... I guess he took a week off, maybe. Yeah, and I think that was really his downfall on this one, because he didn't push himself to be like, okay, well, this dish isn't good enough. Right. He was just kind of like, well, it's not like they can send me home. And it's, come on, man. You're feeding people who have literally held the hands of dying people who had nobody else in there with them. Yeah. And Shota doesn't strike me as the type to mail in a challenge, but I, I think you're right. I think he was having trouble creatively and maybe didn't just try to get over that hump. He yeah. was like, well, I know I can make this, so... I'm just going to stick with this plan instead of really forcing himself to come up with something that was a winning dish. So a little disappointing, but he's still going in as the favorite probably to win the whole thing, I think. I agree. I don't think you could judge someone's worst ditch when they have immunity as, you know, like what they're capable of doing. So feels like a good time to jump into some categories Let's now. Let's do it. When we're getting to the elimination challenge. What yeah. did you have for Cliche Kitchen? So Shota with the immunity was one of them. He was just really sort of directionless. And then he just decided it didn't matter, which is the thing. And for the opposite of Cliche Kitchen, in an adverse sort of way, uh, I have Avishar in the quick fire not making the rice. Literally, they were giving him a perfect opportunity to repeat the rice. And he was like, no, no, no. I'm going to save that for the elimination challenge when it might actually have repercussions. He saved that one for, I mean, and Jamie did use the phrase me on a plate at judge's table. Mm. Which, if I never hear those words again, that's fine. I'm this kind of hollow platitude that they use over and over again. Just, you know, there's got to be another way to describe it. No, because then when they lose, they're not cooking for themselves. You know, that's not them on a plate. I'm not cooking my food. God. There's just, I know the producers don't like to get too involved, but they can feed them a better line, you know, from off, off camera. Like, do you know how many contestants have said this before? Right. Just help them out here. Make, it makes the show a little more interesting for everybody. So... This might be controversial. For scallop and crudo watch, I'm counting mutton tartare. It's raw. It's a crudo. Yeah. You know? It sounds terrible. Like, mutton is a very gamey tasting meat. I'm not a fan of it, but I can't imagine eating it raw. That seems strange. And they seemed concerned about it. Right. Because <laughs> Byron was like, I don't, I don't like mutton. 
And then I believe Padma was like, so you're giving it to us raw, where there's nothing to kind of mask the flavor of it, this thing that you don't like the flavor of. So that was uh, quite a gamble on his part, but I'm counting it as a scallop or crudo. All right, one. So we got one this week. Next week is Restaurant Wars. I feel like scallops and crudos always pop up there, though, so I'm excited yeah. to see what comes what comes there. Yeah. Bit in the ass, we actually texted about this during the show. Why is Maria once again making a dish that she cannot taste? What are you doing? You know, you're trying to redeem yourself because you made bad shrimp. Maybe the fact that you don't know what shrimp tastes like is part of the problem. <laughs> or just stop doing it. You know, make some shit up. We said you're on the honor system here. Right. Come up with anything else. And then in in the same vein, she stands up in front of the judges and it's like, I don't know what this tastes like. <laughs> it's like, why? Right. Just pretend you do. Showing them your whole cards, not, not giving yourself any room to hide behind anything. No. Just be like, I used to mess up grilled cheese a lot. You, you could literally be like, you know, what's the thing I cook the best? You'd be like, oh, the first time my grandma taught me how to make this, I, I made it real bad and I got yelled at. But now I like to cook it. So here you go. My best dish. Get yourself immunity and then you don't have to worry about anything. Yep. Avishar also, I don't know if we can count bit in the ass with the rice because they said he cooked it properly. I don't know if they like enjoyed it, but he didn't fuck up the rice, but he didn't sear his meat. So this I do think qualifies because I really think he spent so much time worrying about that damn rice that he didn't Mm. worry about anything else. He was like, if I can just pull this rice off, they'll be like, wow, Avishar made rice and he did it okay. But no, he still went home. And he just didn't want to sear the meat. He was like, well, we'll cook in the curry. Like we'll be fine. And then it wasn't fine because... Yeah, stewed meat. Tom said it had um, a bloody taste to it. Anytime you like slow cook or stew meat that hasn't been seared, I don't know if I would describe it as bloody, but it is like kind of unpleasant texturally. And I've just never been a fan of that. So once I I saw that he did that, I had a bad feeling about him. I feel like it just overcooks and then there's nothing to like save it. There's not a lot to pick from for not here to make friends this week because this is literally the friendliest group of chefs uh, that have ever existed. I think they're all just starved for companionship. I think the word brotherhood got tossed around like 15 times this episode. It's a brotherhood of chefs. So most of the stuff we have is from judges, actually. When Gabe brought up his quickfire dish, the burnt bread mole, Padma kind of rolled her eyes and said, how many different moles do you make? And they ended up really liking his dish, obviously, but still right. it felt like a little bit of a kind of complaint. You know, when yeah. somebody makes something too often, they, they start to get a little annoyed. And then I know you had another one you texted me about during the show. Yeah, I have Gail on this. Gail's in the car with, yeah, Jesus. Dale I was going to say, say, Gail? <laughs> no, not Gail. She's wonderful. Dale yeah. is in the car with Carrie delivering meals. And he's literally like, I don't know why they're complaining about 65 plays. We had to make 300. And it's like, let's compare pain. Right. And when Dale had to make his, uh, his dim sum for that challenge in All-Stars, he got criticized because he, he made like enough plates to go to the judges and then yeah. just kind of like, stopped cooking. So he didn't even really make all those portions. Come on, Dale. A little bit of a back in my day, you know. Yeah. We had to walk bar- barefoot to the pantry to get the ingredients. You understand this this whole season is happening in a pandemic. Like you couldn't have missed that because you're in a car delivering meals to hospitals. Like Also, how dare they make Gregory... Deliver these bags full of meals. He has back problems, you guys. Get oh, Gregory out of there. He deserves a day off. We don't want him injured again. He's right. precious. But personally, I'm very pro watching Richard eat food out of a carton while sitting in a trunk. Yeah, Abishar, there's just no flavor in here. Just sitting on the trunk of his BMW X3 or whatever. There's a chair right there. They got a chair for you. He's like, no, I'm comfortable in the trunk. So I'm pretty sure Richard said, hey, fam, when they arrived back at Judge's table to confer with Padma, Tom, and Gail. 
and Kwame. I don't think Richard should be calling anyone fam, except like his family. It's a rare criticism of Richard from me, but I had to speak my truth on this one. Well, I mean, we couldn't see his hair, so we got to go with something. Yeah, everyone had to wear hats. Is that really part of PPE? I haven't left my house in 14 months. But are hats, like, encouraged? That's a good question, actually. Can you pass COVID via hair if you ate somebody's hair? I don't want to keep thinking about this. It's just good hygiene for food preparation in general. So I guess maybe that's where they were coming from. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think most people are required to wear hats, like, when they're dealing with the public. Or maybe Padma just didn't want her bangs upstaged. True, yeah. Yes. And we got a new talking head look from Dawn in which her hair is incredibly beautiful. Love that. Yeah, I, I'm always confused about the logistics of when they record these talking yeah. heads and how it all goes down because you see these wardrobe changes halfway through and it makes you wonder. But yes, the new Dawn talking head outfit was fantastic. Beautiful. Just a queen. We love it. What did you think was the best dish we saw tonight? I'm going for the unsurprised. Obviously, this is Nash's favorite. A Sarah's falafel. Yeah, that falafel looked awesome. Yeah. That pita bread looks so good. And you know what? So smart of her to be like, I'm going to call it a flatbread unless it puffs up, and then I will call it a pita bread. Come That's on. somebody who's watched Top Chef before yeah. and pays attention to the details because mm-hmm. you know that language really matters to these yes. judges. Yep. If you call something something, it better be that thing. She set herself up for success. She and that's why she's my pick to win it all. I think she's also my pick to win it all. I think it will come down to her and Shoda. Yeah. That'll be an interesting meal because their cooking styles are so different. Yeah. But that would be a fantastic finale meal. I think Dawn is also in the running there and Gabe. Those are the top four, in my opinion. Yeah. But I could see either of those four making it to the finale. But I'm picking Sarah. I think that would be the best outcome because she's just delightful. So... You're going Sarah's falafel. I didn't even put it down. I was so certain that you were going to pick it. Usually I give myself a couple options, but I, mean, like, I didn't want to double up. So I'm actually going to go with Jamie's bulgogi pork with the rice oh, and the curry. That did look good, actually. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a bulgogi anything. So And just it seemed like she really embraced the challenge with that dish. That was like a perfect kind of take your lunch to work. Heat it up in the microwave and it'll still be good. It'll smell good. It won't like piss off your coworkers. Not only did it look great, but it really fit the challenge. So that's my pick for favorite dish. I do want to call out Chris's bright green chicken as a little off-putting. I know it was marinated in, in this kind of bell pepper and habanero sauce that had no bell pepper or habanero flavor. But it was Where bright it green, which is just... People got to think about how their food looks and presents to people. Because Shoda had gray chicken. Chris had green chicken. Not colors you usually associate with chicken. In a good way. So let's let's keep an eye on the color palette next week, guys. You both made it another week. Let's not have this happen again. What do you have for harshest criticism? Well, let's see. There weren't a ton this episode because I think the the obvious criticisms were obvious. But I think Padma takes mine. She's talking about Avishar's dish. And it's what surprised me most was the utter lack of flavor. Wow. Yep. She also said nothing Chris makes has any seasoning in it. Which is... I have that one down as well. And I had to listen to it a couple times because I couldn't tell if she said makes or made. No. So made implies just the one dish, but she definitely says makes, which means all of his dishes. Yeah, this is a season-wide condemnation from Padma on Chris's food. Felt a little personal, but Chris somehow, even with that criticism, makes it another week. I really thought he was going home, but they said he cooked his chicken perfectly. So I guess they gave him some points for technical you know, expertise. It doesn't count if you cook it perfectly if it doesn't taste like anything. Right. Especially chicken breast. It has no flavor of its own. If you don't season it, it's going to be the blandest piece of food you could possibly have. They also, they have to throw in when somebody with immunity makes a bad dish. Tom has to throw in, you know, showed a good thing you had immunity, buddy. Don't think I I didn't see you fucking up. I think he's contractually obligated. 
Yeah. yeah. Plus, I think I think even with his dish against Avishar and against Chris, I think he probably would not have gone home. Like it was a it was a terrible dish. But they know him and they know what he's capable of doing. And even Gail said when it got served to them, this is Japanese comfort food. Like it isn't really meant to be showed as normal level of things. It's supposed to sort of be just like what you want to eat when you don't feel well. Right. Yeah. It did not look appetizing at all. But I don't think anyone complained too much about the flavor. I think it tasted right. okay. Yeah. So that gives him a leg up on both Avishar and Chris right there. Yep. Maria, there was no chance Maria was going home for a raw no. tortilla because they said her stew was, you know, delicious. And you know what? I would eat it even with a raw tortilla. I'm not lying. Because like... she even said the way she made the dish was you didn't have to have the tortilla with it. So yeah. you could enjoy that dish and just ignore that component of it and it would still be good. Yeah. So, I just popped that tortilla in the microwave for another 30 seconds and call it a day. I wonder what a raw tortilla <laughs> that was then microwaved would taste like and look like. Rubbery, but it's fine. I'll yeah. leave it. <laughs> All right. You could just throw it in like a saucepan. Or not a saucepan. I'm, I'm like assuming I'm at pan. work in this scenario, though. Oh, true. All right. Well, we all work from home now. You have a kitchen. That's true. So what do we think next week? Who's going home? I think it's Chris. I think it has to be Chris. Yeah. If it's not Chris, I'm going to be really upset. I kind of, like, I'm going to pick someone else because... Don't, don't you dare say it. Who do you think I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going to say Maria. <laughs> just because, you know, there's, there's a certain... there's. Maria, Chris, and Avishar, and Byron to an extent, were the chefs that are kind of making mistakes often enough where you start to question their consistency and can they do this week in and week out without making a mistake, especially in restaurant wars. You know, the the preview didn't give away much as far as who's really in the weeds, but I, I could be wrong. I hope so, because when she makes a good dish, like, she wins. Yeah. You know, her good dishes are as good as anybody's. It's just... When she makes a mistake, it tends to be a big one. And the whole chef's table setup for Restaurant Wars, they're going to be seeing everybody's, you know, prep and discussion ahead of time. I, I don't know. I could see it not playing to her strengths. Yeah. I mean, I, I think to, to be the devil's advocate a little bit, I think she's gotten like four episodes of like elimination edits where it's just felt like she's going home. And now I'm wondering if maybe they'll just do it every single episode right. <laughs> until she wins. No, you're right. It's, it is starting to feel like they're just messing with us at this point. Giving it's like her leave all this Maria backstory. alone. Yeah. It does feel like magical elves are trolling us a little bit now yeah. with yeah. the Maria edits, but... I hope I'm wrong, but there's no one I want to go home now anyway. Everyone's going to be painful. Yeah. I mean, I I think also in this, while we're talking about the editing team, they did an excellent job on this episode with the shots of the chefs walking out of the kitchen being like, hey, we did great today. And then just sort of panning back and looking at the goddamn disaster they're leaving behind. We got three shots like that. Those poor interns. I assume they have interns that clean up the kitchen. Just, like they're they're not sending the chefs back there, right? Yeah. No, no. I mean, they're literally like, bye, we're leaving. There's like a blender. It's like dripping onto the floor. I was like, this is beautiful. Brittany's pumpkin seeds are still in the oven, just on just fire. Little, yeah, just a little fire. Like the beauty of those shots is just gorgeous. It's true. Do you think that's like kind of a, a comedic thing for them? That's We're going to slip this in there and see who notices. I did, you guys, and I love it. Because those Thank kitchens you. are destroyed every week. And I mean, we got that little shot of them sort of going into the stew room to get ready for the COVID-19, and we saw those people sort of cleaning behind them. And I think that's probably the regular team that has to come in and clean up behind them. And do you think that they were just like, God, twice in one day? Are we kidding? Right. That does not seem like a fun job. Dishes are no. bad enough, but I feel like professional chefs under a time crunch are just going to be even messier than a normal person. Yeah. But at least this time they got to be on TV for it. You know, we saw right. you cleaning team. We saw you. We appreciate you. We you do. do important work. Yeah. That blender was disgusting. I'm really sorry. So Restaurant Wars next week is a chef's table setup where 
the kitchen is kind of open and they serve the judges right there. So I guess there's no front of the house really, right? I mean, it looked like Maria was sort of pouring drinks and like chatting with people. So my guess is that that's sort of how they're playing it. It's not going to be as important as far as turning over tables, I imagine, or the time management skills that go into normal front of the house. But yeah, I imagine they'll give somebody a little bit of a different role just Mm -hmm. to keep it as a traditional restaurant wars format. I think I think in this format it's it's so much harder and yet it's so much easier. There's not this like guests are waiting and building up and you've got all these reservations like that part is less anxiety inducing. But having everybody watch you go through the entire process has just got to be We also don't know what other curveballs they've got coming that we haven't sure. seen in the preview, you know, that could be yeah. more complicated than it looks just based on what we've seen. So, I don't know. I'm excited. It's not, it's not going to be the restaurant wars we know and love, but it'll still be a pretty special episode of television, I'm sure. I'm really excited. I've never been to a chef's table anything, but I'm really excited to see how they, they use this like almost a stage because I want to see somebody take it into a performance level where it feels like you're in it because you're in it because you want to see what it looks like behind the scenes. And I hope that they give that to the judges a little bit. I think Avishar would have been a great addition to this. I was just but... about to say that because he has such like a showman's yeah. sensibility and he knows how to make things dramatic. So I am a little bummed we won't get to see him participate, but hopefully somebody else kind of steps up and takes that mantle because you're right. I think it does give a fun opportunity to take it a little further than they normally do. I think we'll hear a lot of noises out of Jamie. Absolutely. All right. Well, any final thoughts before we we close it up? This episode had my favorite inspirational quote. I'm going to literally put it on a t-shirt because I love it so much. It's Avishar leaving the show. Maybe you're a Bengali person that can't make rice. Take a chance. Take a risk. Go for it. Just beautiful. Gorgeous. But also, you don't have to cook rice. Have to do that at all. <laughs> but that was it was a very nice sentiment. And with that, we leave you. Thanks again for joining us. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Do whatever you have to do to keep Talk Chef in your lives and on your yes. podcast feed because we appreciate you. And we'll see you next week for Restaurant Wars. Are you excited, yes. Nash? I'm so excited. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm going to wave. Yep, she waved. <laughs> all right. All right.